Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wolverine podcast here on the Wolverine YouTube channel and in your podcast feed after the fact if you're not watching us live here on a Monday night. Crazy day, another one. Uh, even with Michigan winning a Big Ten championship, which we'll talk about, even with a birth in the college football playoff, a Fiesta Bowl against TCU, something else that we will also talk about. Uh, a lot of news to discuss today and people will have their questions about it. You, as you guys always know, uh, feel free to send them on in. Use the donate feature to move yourself to the front of the line. And uh, I want to start with the news of the day. And we'll just uh, we'll start it there because I know we'll get questions about it. Eric All is transferring from Michigan. And there's a lot that goes uh, into a decision like that, I'm sure. There are plenty of rumors about where he might be and rumors about where he might ultimately wind up. But Chris, being our site's resident, uh, you know, Adam Sheffield guy. with the, uh, I know you've got all these burner phones going off at all hours of the night. Tell us what you, uh, tell us what you know about Eric All's situation and where things are at as of Monday night. Yeah, my old Motorola guys. They tried to get me to an iPhone, and I said no. So I got to just got another old another Motorola. But uh, yeah, here's the thing with Eric All. Um, do I think he leaves on great terms? No, and I think that's pretty clear by the tweets that we've seen, right? Both from him and from his dad. Uh, and in speaking to people extremely close to it, um, it sounds to me like uh, maybe they weren't real thrilled with some of the way things were handled uh, with the injury without getting into specifics. I think we should leave it there. But uh, for all the talk about, hey, where is he going next? Everybody's talking about Iowa. I think that's a very realistic possibility. That's two captains now that could end up at Iowa. Cade McNamara, uh, who, let's be honest, uh, hasn't really handled his situation very well either. If we're, you know what, here's, here's a guy, and we will always thank him for winning a Big Ten championship, right? And making business great for us for a year and really being part of the culture change in Ann Arbor. But there are some things he could have done better. And now it looks like Eric All could be going with him. We've also heard, fellas, that Notre Dame is a possibility for him 
for a year. So that would be interesting. It's either going to be a rival or somebody in the Big Ten, most likely. And let's not be naive here. I'm sure there was some is some NIL involved. I'm not accusing anybody of tampering or anything. I'm just saying that I know that Cade McNamara got some stuff to go to Iowa and uh, some nice deals there, or maybe not to go to Iowa, but once he got there or once he accepted that he was going to be there. So that's where we are. It's disappointing. He and Louis Hansen, who I really thought was going to have a great career here. And Louis Hansen got passed up in a year by Colston Loveland. Um, you know, if he'd kept his nose to the grindstone here with Eric all leaving, you know, maybe next year would have been a very good opportunity for him, but clearly that's not in the cards either. So uh, what was once a very deep tight end room now becomes Colston Loveland and, and some other guys who need to step up. Yeah, Clayton, you just wrote you wrote the column, I think, right before we went to air about uh, the impact of Eric Hall. Uh, so I guess if you want to, I mean, want to direct people there first and foremost, but your summation of the situation and, and what happens next. Yeah, well, I thought the news of the day was that Michigan was undefeated and heading to the college football playoff. But here we are <laughs> talking about Eric Hall. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy day in college football, but two tight ends out of this room. I mean, you really like the outlook in terms of, the next man up, which is Colston Loveland. He's done a great job this season, but you look beyond this year and Luke Schoonmaker, it looks like he's going to head to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh saying that last week. And then you also see that he accepted an East West Shrine Bowl uh, invite. And then beyond, you know, Colston Loveland, you're looking at Max Bredesen. You're looking at Matthew Hibner and Max Bredesen has been a guy who walked onto this program, obviously has the pedigree with his brother being a former all big 10 offensive lineman here, but you know, he's been used mostly as, as a run blocker, you know, hasn't caught many passes. He's caught in a few. And then Matthew Hibner is a guy who's played about 80 offensive snaps in his entire career. So it's a big jump up. And Matthew Hibner is a junior. Um, so, you know, he's been around and he obviously hasn't earned quite that opportunity. He's been great on special teams. Um, but it's a little bit of concern there. I wonder if Michigan looks at the portal at tight end uh, or if they, you know, kind of stick with what they have, because I do think it's OK uh, looking at the numbers, Michigan, most of their snaps, well over 50%, several points over 50%, sorry, uh, are with two tight ends or more on the field, over 100 snaps on offense this year with three or more tight ends on the field. So very Jim Harbaugh there. So uh, outlook, um, very good for the rest of the season. No impact there because Eric All was out. Pretty good going forward. Uh, but I will say this too. They got tight ends coming in like Zach Marshall and Deacon Tonielli in the 2023 class. And you got to trust Michigan when it comes to tight end recruiting as well. And you got Marlon Klein in there coming up as well as a yep. freshman. So, yep. yep. That's still, there's still talent in that room. So we'll see what happens. Put some respect on Be uh, Max Bredesen's name, everyone. A uh, mm -hmm. guy who I think has been really good this year, especially as a run blocker. So yeah, this it's listen, I mean, the expectation coming into this year, I think was that this was going to be Eric all's last year with the program anyways. And obviously the injury changes things. It's it's a different road to that. But uh, in terms of what it means moving forward, I mean, it doesn't really change the narrative at all other than, OK, maybe he could have come back for a fifth year after the back injury. But let's be honest here. You go under the knife for a back injury, especially, you know, those things, back injuries only get worse. They don't get better over time. Um, you know, if it's an NIL thing, obviously um, that's guaranteed money uh, for him. And he just had a, uh, he and his. Uh, um, his partner just had a child uh, right at the start of the season. So I don't, I will never fault a guy if he decides to leave, um, you know, to secure the bag, so to speak. But the shade on the way out the door is, is what's striking to me. That's, 
that's a captain. And and I don't know if it's, it has to be something that changed in the last couple of weeks, or at least the last week. He was on the field in Columbus with the team. Uh, he was not on the field over the weekend at the Big Ten Championships. So nothing really has changed. Again, I'm not going to do conspiracy brain here, but the only thing that's really changed um, in the public view in that time span is that Cade McNamara is officially uh, at Iowa now. So there's merit to that, I'm sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, John Stacy made a good point. 13-0 for the first time in program history. He's enjoying this. If a player's an all-in, then move on. Yeah, I I don't know what else there is to say there. I mean, there's – yeah, you lost two captains to the transfer portal this year, but um, Olu Oluwatimi wasn't a captain and is one of the leading leaders on this year's team. There, there have been leaders that have stepped up in other areas. So, like, we're not going to use this platform to bash guys on their way out the door. But, like I said, the shade is weird. And even weirder, weirder is uh, Brett Bielema <laughs> retweeting Eric All's tweets. I don't know if you guys saw this, but – his weird little gripe with the University of Michigan continues to be fascinating. So, yeah, so that's the news. Uh, I know. Let's talk about the actual news of the day. And, again, if you guys want to uh, talk about some other stuff, feel free to get your questions and donate to move yourself to the front of the line. Um, because yesterday was a travel day, we didn't get a chance to do a college football playoff reaction. Uh, Ballas and Skeen actually programming note here for those of you watching live. Chris is pulling double duty today, uh, being the trooper that he is, and he will actually be live with Doug Skeen a little after 7 o'clock with a special guest, and we'll reveal who it is at the end of the show if you're watching live, so hopefully you'll just hop on over. Um, yeah, so Chris, uh, college football playoff field set. Uh, but before that, Jeremy, 499 Super Chat, CB loved your Monday Musing article. No more messing around. Pay Jim Harbaugh what he wants and fix NIL so we can compete. Get it done now. Uh, you want to let the people know what uh, you wrote about today, Chris? I did. I said, pay Jim what he wants and fix NLL so we can compete. That's basically what I said. And uh, I'll say this. I think Jim Harbaugh um, very well could, if he hasn't already, hire an agent. And I think that would be great because you know we know he's in demand now. We know that he holds all the chips, right? So it is time at this point to go to Michigan and say, hey, uh, this is what he wants. Uh, and there should be no haggling here, fellas. He should be among the highest paid coaches in college football, period, end of story. What he's done with one hand tied behind his back, maybe one and a half when it comes to recruiting and everything else. We know how he wants to do it. He said transformational, tra not transactional. And to be able to do what he's done in two years is remarkable. Um, and he's got his edge back. And I've said that over and over, that if Jim Harbaugh gets back to being that jackhammer and that guy that we always thought he was, then he's going to take this program to new heights. And that's exactly what he's done, Jeremy. I really appreciate the 499 and for chiming in. But um, And it also entails, you know what, he's not saying, hey, we need to go out there and buy and pay bags and get into bidding wars for players. What he is saying is that we need to be competitive in terms of making sure our guys on the team are paid. And then when recruits are coming in, they're going to know what they get. So I do think there is a sweet spot there and a fine line between paying for players and having a strong NIL program. They need to find it. And again, it's disappointing that they're not there already. Well, the reason that the conversation is taking place that Jim Harbaugh needs to be paid the way he is because Michigan is a big 10 champion again, uh, beat Purdue 43, 22 over the weekend in Indianapolis. It's starting to feel a little routine fellas. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know if we should start earmarking that first weekend in December, but uh, for, for our trip to Indy, but uh, so that happened actually a lot more of a formality than last year's was last year. You had to win to get into the college football playoff this year. You come into it in the, in the field already. 
and you put a stamp on your claim to the field. So the field is set now, though. It's number one, Georgia, against number four, Ohio State, uh, number two, Michigan, and next num- against number three, TCU. They will be the early game on December 31st at the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, guys, I mean, this is everything. You know, once USC lost on Friday, there was this – everyone kind of had to come to go through their quick little seven stages of – realizing that Ohio state was going to back its way into the playoff, like programs and teams born on third base tend to do, but <laughs> they're in. Uh, so Ohio state's in, you're going to avoid them at least, in, you know, you'll play them in the, for the national title if they find a way to beat Georgia, but TCU, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio state, uh, Clayton, we can start with you first, just thoughts on the field. And, and do you think the committee got this right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they did um, because I think you have to go off of two different things. You know, the best teams, but you also have to look at merit as well. Did you, what did you earn? You know, that's why I think Nick Saban, it was a little ridiculous. I mean, I don't blame him for going on the press tour. I blame the press for letting him do it. Uh, halftime of the big 10 championship game on a network that broadcasts, you know, doesn't broadcast the SEC broadcast big 10, big 12, stuff like that. And Nick Saban's on there, but um, no, I mean, TCU, I think is a worse team than Ohio state, but I think TCU deserves to be in more. They have more wins against ranked teams. They have more wins period 12 and one compared to 11 and one. So I think they got it right. Uh, It's interesting though, with the matchup where Michigan is, you know, now a seven and a half point favorite open at nine and a half. I think we'll see movement throughout the month. We saw that with the game against Georgia a year ago, but technically looking at the Georgia spread of six and a half over Ohio state, Michigan has the best chance of anybody to be in that final game on Monday night, if you look at ESPN's FPI, they have the best chance to make that game by about 10 percentage points over Georgia, which is exciting. And then Georgia's slight favorite to win the national championship. But Michigan should feel very good about their chances looking at TCU today and wrote about it earlier over at the Wolverine.com. Uh, you know, I think TCU is going to pose some problems with his offense against Michigan's defense. They're going to have to play really well, kind of like they did against Ohio State. They throw the deep ball. Max Duggan, a great quarterback. Uh, better than just about anybody in the country. But I like Michigan's offense uh, against this TCU defense, fellas. I mean, they haven't faced a physical attack like this before. Uh, They are not great at stopping the run. Michigan has been fantastic at stopping the run. So I I think that uh, I I like Michigan's chances, you know, win by probably about a touchdown at this point. I know we got plenty of time to go, but uh, can't wait for, you know, this four-team field. And it's been amazing, this two-year run that Michigan's gone on. I'm going to be interested to see how Michigan does against that passing game, right? And that TCU offense. I thought Aiden O'Connell had a heck of a game. We hadn't Mm -hmm. seen an offense like that all year. And that's what we were talking about, talking about going in, which is why Purdue had a puncher's chance. And sure enough, they were in that game at halftime and, you know, it never really felt comfortable. And as our John Borton said in the, in the press box, our senior editor, it's almost felt anticlimactic guys. And you're like, let's just get through this and not get anybody else hurt and uh, wrap this thing up, win a championship and move on. And you could tell that the players kind of felt that way too by the, the reaction after the game they said well you know it was nice and all and uh, and we're not saying we're not taking a big 10 championship for granted but we've got bigger goals so and it certainly felt that way and you could see them ramp up the intensity when things got tight you saw a little bit more from the pass rushers right on the edge and and so uh, I think that kind of describes that game but at the same time uh, I think uh, the committee got it right too, AB, and and it was funny. Who was it, Clay, in two thousand and six that said so nobody who wins their loses their conference championship or doesn't win their conference championship should be in the playoff? Who was that? The Buckeyes, yeah. exactly. Urban Meyer, and uh, and actually was the one who said it too. So well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, 
you know what? Uh, but there was no really, really no other way to go. Alabama wasn't going to be there. And it was funny. I, I tweeted when Nick Saban made his case, I said, yeah, if you just ignore our resume, then we absolutely uh, deserve to be in there. And I agree with Matt Harvey that Duggan is a heck of a player. Guy has guts. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be a different challenge for Michigan, who has not, in my opinion, really seen a quarterback like this year, have they? fellas who can sling it and run at the same time at 110 yards, I think, against Kansas State and just absolute guts. So I think this will be a better game than people think. Yeah, I mean, I, I can safely say they haven't played a quarterback with uh, brass balls the way that Max Duggan does. For sure. I mean, that guy is a that guy is a warrior. Um, and really, that's, you know, you want to find something to hate about these teams when you go into these matchups, but TCU is a likable head coach and a likable quarterback. So I hate to say it, Michigan fans, but you're the villain uh, when, when that game kicks off on December 31st. Uh, you know, this is, I think what we saw this year is why the expanded playoff is going to work a little bit more. Cause you know, again, really right now, when you look at it, I mean, Michigan and Georgia are clearly the two best teams in the country, but you know, there are a lot of teams from that three to, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine range that, could beat each other and put on some pretty entertaining games. And I, you know, I don't know that there's ever been a sport that hasn't been made more uh, exciting by expanded playoffs. So I'm excited for that. But the fact of the matter is I think they got it right. There wasn't anyone else to put in over Ohio state. You know, if USC had just not embarrassed itself um, you know, I've seen peewee football teams tack about tackle better than they did on Friday night. That was honestly one of the most piss poor tackling performances I've seen at any level of football. Uh, they should be embarrassed for that, frankly. But uh, let's go to our friend Shane Johnson, who says uh, for ten dollars, thank you, Shane. Uh, he is, uh, you know, talk about nil. He's our nil guy, dropping bags of cash on us when we do these shows every week. Uh, he says so proud of U of M, first back-to-back outright title since ninety-one, ninety-two, first thirteen-win season ever. Two more to go for a national title. Got my semifinal tickets. We all need to meet for beers at Portnoy's new bar stool. Scottsdale Port Sports Bar. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Shane. I, 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 my two co-hosts here will be the ones making the trip. I actually opted out of Fiesta Bowl. Have some other stuff going on and other site responsibilities at home. But um, yeah, I mean, it, this is you know, with all it seems like the last couple of weeks, you win, a, you have a blowout win over Ohio State, you win a Big Ten title, and then immediately comes crashing down. There, last week there was Mozzie Smith stuff and Blake Corum injury news and all this stuff that kind of kills the vibe. Today, not quite to that extent. I mean, uh, Eric all the Eric all transfer, Louis Hansen transfer again. Those don't register nearly as much on the Richter scale as some of the news from last week. But it's uh, we lose perspective because of also you know even just with this team, every week has felt so routine. Even going back to you know last week's game, winning a Big Ten title. I still don't think we've seen this team's best four quarter performance yet, which is scary to think about really, but perspective and they they're doing things right now. They've never done before. And it's felt, I don't want to say it's felt easy, but I think the biggest compliment you can pay to this team in this program right now is how clinical their dominance has been. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, Shane, uh, Anthony does have hookups close to Portnoy. So we'll talk to Dave <laughs> and, uh, we'll get in there and Clay and I will buy you a beer for all of the donations that you have given us, man. Uh, you are, are one of our best man, and we appreciate it. So, um, 
but we will do something with some of the fans down there and can't wait to get down to Arizona. I'm told it's only like 60, 65 degrees this time of year. So won't be hanging out by the, by the pool and the speedo like we were in Miami and scaring people, but we will be enjoying it down there. I've never been to Arizona clay. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Shane, looking forward to seeing you there too, though. So, but yeah, this is really, and we're going to be on with Doug Skeen. Um, this team reminds me a lot of that 92 team that, really ran the ball extremely well. Um, they don't throw it as well, uh, probably because they don't have to at this point, but these, this is really one of the best run blocking teams that I've seen at Michigan. I expect that to continue. We'll see what happens when they play Georgia, but uh, if they play Georgia, oops, Freudian slipped there, but uh, I'll say this, man, it's been an unbelievable joy to cover this squad. Yeah, Shane, we're going to have to use your money to buy you beers. So it all exactly. So keep it there. coming. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I made my first trip to Arizona last April and was in the Scottsdale area. It is an awesome area. And I have seen that new barstool bar that popped up there. It looks sweet. So maybe we do do that uh, and we will see you down there. But fellas, too, I, I think this Michigan fan base is really going to travel well. Of course, good alumni base everywhere. But TCU is a smaller school, too. Uh, and you're going to have Michigan fans everywhere, even in Miami last year against Georgia, who you would think would have a great presence there. Michigan outnumbered Georgia fans at the orange bowl. So it's going to be electric down there. And that's what Chris, we were talking on Saturday night and, you know, even Sunday morning before the selection show, do not give us, we don't want Ohio state fans. You know, I'm fine with Michigan playing Ohio state, whatever they beat them mm-hmm. by 22 should have been 29 embarrassed them on their home field, but we do not want to hang out around Ohio state fans down in, in Arizona. So it's going to be fun. TCU, I, I assume we're, we're a good fan base and uh, there's going to be a lot of maize and blue down there. Yeah, I remember last year, Anthony, that Quinn Clay, we had Ohio State fans at the Big Ten Championship game that were, you know, they couldn't get out of their hotel rooms. So, and, and Clay's like, they're getting in Clay's face, like, hey, good luck in the Rose Bowl. You know, we hear Pasadena's lovely. So that was fun. And, but we didn't want to hear the OH and then OI until they, you know, figured out how to spell it, you know, right. so uh, uh, for, for there, you know, um, seven days. By the way, being on the field for Saturday night's game, there were at least two Ohio State fans sitting in the front row. Um, and I always go back to our trip to St. Elmo's last year when the wait staff more or less told us like, we're so happy you guys are here. I'm like, people come, they're like the, uh, was it Clayton? This is more, maybe a reference for you. Remember, were you a SpongeBob guy? Yes. Remember when the, was it the, was it the nematodes or the anchovies or something that came into the crusty crab and just (laughs) kind of, yeah. 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 Hey, I had I used to watch it too. And uh, it was funny. It's like they were stunned that we used silverware, you know, these, uh, the yeah. waste. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much for using a napkin instead exactly. of your hands on the booth. It was very <laughs> kind of you. Um, too funny. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go to this quick one from Gage Parker here for $1.99. Are we expecting any starters to hit the portal? Um, Eric all. <laughs> well, Eric all technically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess all I would say about that is that, this isn't Intel. It's just where we're at right now. Nothing would surprise me anymore, uh, mm-hmm. given that this is the wild West and free agency. And, and to a certain extent you have to, it's, it's turning more to the NFL where you have to like recruit the guys that are already on your roster and convince them to stay around. And if they don't, someone's gonna, someone's gonna sweeten the pot and, and prime away. So I think the easiest way to keep your roster recruited when the transfer portal opens though, is to be playing games until New Year's Eve and potentially beyond that matter. Uh, there's only in the here and now, there's only three college football bowl games that matter. Um, 
it's these two semifinals, it's the national title game. So if you're playing in one of those, that's the easiest way to keep your roster recruited for at least another month or so, I'd say. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, it's a crowded receiver room, even though there's going to be a lot of opportunity next year. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, other than that, you know, there's going to be tampering, guys. Uh, So that's another reason they need to get this NIL stuff figured out because, you know, again, when one of your captains leaves – uh, I guarantee you he's going to be getting something from Iowa. There's no question. And Michigan has been reactive and reactionary to that stuff rather than being proactive. And, you know, if somebody comes up to, a, you know, a coach and says, well, I need this because my mom is this. And then you're like, okay, well, what does he need? You know, it shouldn't come to that. Um, you need to have your ducks in a row there. And again, there's another NIL meeting in a couple of weeks. And we always say this, you know, this is kind of a big one, but they need to get everybody on the same page with their collectives. Um, guys like Jared Wendler are doing a great job. I know and we'll be doing something with him soon on the site uh, with the Valiant um, the Champion Circle and all that. So, But it needs to be better. It's really disappointing that it isn't up to snuff yet because, uh, you know what, you've got this thing rolling. There's no reason that you shouldn't continue to keep it rolling. Yeah, and I mean, like Anthony said, I mean, nothing would necessarily surprise you at this point because you're seeing starters. I mean, you're seeing eight players from Alabama, not all starters, but – head to the portal immediately. So the timing of things is weird, but Anthony, I agree with you play games so that, you know, things do matter for your guys on your team. They want to be a part of it. There's only nine days after the national championship game where the transfer portal is open until January 18th. So, uh, you know, keep, keep rolling. And obviously it's the number one thing too. You want to continue to win. You can't let this stuff become a distraction because some guys are just going to make the decisions that they're going to make, but uh, totally agree on NIL, figure out, get a little bit more organized. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan endorses the champion circle soon as their official collective. Uh, I think that should happen. I uh, wouldn't be shocked if that's close to happening right now um, and, and get moving, get going on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the uh, there's a meeting on NIL coming up in a few weeks is, is the, the stretched out version of, Oh, this statement from the, Statement from the medical team will be out sometime and then it drops after midnight uh, right. on a Monday. So uh, I was going to, we're going to do our, our rogue shop read here in just a second, but we got another $5 super chat here from uh, Tim Cornay, who says it was fun meeting you all Friday. Thanks for all the support of Jake. Uh, Tim is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, Tim is Jake Moody's godfather. The godfather. The godfather. Tim. And, uh, and one and one heck of a guy, and uh, that was a blast. We got to hang out with Tim and the Moody's uh, above St. Elmo's, and that was really one of the highlights of the trip. Uh, you know, it, it, the parents, meeting the parents of the kids, and I was talking to Lisa and, and Chad about this. Can you imagine being the, the parent or the godfather of the kicker when he's going out there and, and the game's on the line like it was against Illinois? I mean, Clay was sitting there biting his nails, and I was thinking, Oh my God, you know, what, uh, what must, what, what must Lisa Moody be thinking? And, and she said the same thing. Imagine how I felt, but uh, I cannot think of better representatives of the university of Michigan. When Jim Harbaugh talks about parents and the kids and how great they are uh, and their entourages and their peeps, Tim, uh, a better representatives of the university of Michigan. Uh, what a blast that was, even though USC didn't uh, step up like we hoped they would in watching that game. The company was great. The atmosphere was great. And uh, we, hope to see them again even though jake's moving on we hope to see you guys tim uh next year and uh, next year we're buying the beers and here's something too anthony's wearing the lion's hat there as a lions fan i would love for jake booty to be my kicker next season and for the next 15 
years, but uh, that would be fantastic. Jake is a wonderful kid and uh, it was cool to meet the, the family there. The Godfather, Tim ran into him before the game as well outside of the stadium. Thanks for saying hi. And uh, thanks for your support of us too. Cause he was, yeah, he was damn near quoting us, uh, you know, and what we say in some of these podcasts. So he's obviously been uh, listening for a while. Yeah, he has. And we met the Robin's parents on the way in too. And, uh, and boy, just, I'm going to miss him, man. I'm telling you, this is, this is special people. I don't think you understand 13 and oh, it's like, uh, you know what, when Jeff Brom said, you know what, 13 and 0 is hard to do. And you still got that faction of the fan base. Like we didn't win, you know, they, some of those games were too close and blah, 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 blah. You win 13 games and don't lose a game. That's special. Uh, unbelievable. It takes special kids like Jake Moody. And uh, it, it was funny. listening to his mom. She was talking about when he ran into the locker room and how pumped up he was after that kick. And they were chanting Moody, Moody. And uh, she goes, that just isn't his personality. But man, he was right there in the middle of it. And to get him to have that experience on the way out, out uh when he decided to come back for one more year and uh spoiler alert here he actually does want to kick for the lions and the lions you know what i can honestly say seem to be on the ascent anthony so i don't wish it against him i'd love to see him and aiden hutchinson lead this franchise for the next several years we'll see how you feel about the franchise this time next week uh, yeah exactly they suck me back in and that's when they usually break my heart yeah, so Tim, thank you so much uh, for the shout out. We appreciate that. A quick one here from Gage Parker again for $1.99 says, Roman Wilson is my guy. Just so just can't lose him as wide receiver one next year. Yeah, like you said, Chris, it's going to be a loaded room. We'll see what happens. We'll see who um, who sticks around, who doesn't stick around. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any intel on whether Roman is a possibility for that, but I know that he's going to be starting for a Big Ten champion uh, in the college football playoff. And mm-hmm. We'll see what happens from there. So, and I don't know that uh, he is a wide. I don't know that he is a wide receiver one. But I would have said the same thing about Ronnie Bell. And I've said this, and don't mean any disrespect, but he'd be like the number three guy on some of the elite Michigan receiving cores of the past, right? So, uh, Roman has got the speed. We haven't seen a whole lot of those bubble screens that we saw with him earlier in the year, have we? And things like that. So maybe there's still uh, some work for him to do, and and hopefully he returns and tears it up next year. Absolutely. Well, let's let's take let's break here for a second and talk about our friends over at the Rogue Shop. Of course, our Monday night show, always sponsored uh, by our pals Richard and Shar. Uh, you can use promo code The Wolverine for ten percent off at RogueShop.com. You guys know the pitch by now. They are uh, Richard and Charmaine are craft cannabis farmers specializing in small batch sustainable plant medicine. Uh, Richard is a disabled combat veteran, and his wife is a certified CBD consultant and life coach. They operate out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and work to not only grow and manufacture, but also educate the population about THC-based medicines. If you're looking for products that can help diffuse stress, anxiety, soothe some chronic pain, or just the holidays are coming around, if you're looking for a gift for that that special someone in your life that's into the old CBD or THC, Rogue Shop has a menu of products that are perfect for you, and they're willing to hop on a live chat, they give you detailed feedback. They will uh, send you a handwritten letter with whatever you order, and they've got everything. It's, it's Delta 9, Delta 8, CBD, THC, all lab direct, no middlemen. Uh, they've got gummies, pre-rolls, diamonds, lollipops, hard candies, tinctures, salves, lip balms. I mean, I don't – the C-scroll from which I could read from of things that they have is, is, is endless there. So um, they grow their own stuff. They manufacture their own stuff. Great partners of us, and actually, it's probably about time for a refresh for me. So, uh, appreciate them, and, and fellows, I know that 
throughout the year, we've had nothing but good things to say about our friends and, and Mr. Rogue, who's uh, been on our message board and will answer your questions as well. Yeah. And look at the Christmas gift box. That's fantastic. And I saw the Santa picture. That was cool. The pain cream guys has really worked for me this year and uh, I'm getting a little older. I don't know if you've noticed and, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, you go to the gym and you come back and uh, there it is. And uh, has really helped take away some of the aches and pains. So it uh, has worked extremely well for me. It looks like it got five stars from 16 customer reviews. Uh, I would certainly give it that as well. So uh, it has worked for me. That's all I can say. Uh, and as, as well as the gummies to help me sleep at times. It's been one stressful month, boys. But it uh, certainly feels better when you're 13 and 0. Yeah, and they're just great people to partner with as well. The handwritten notes come in every package. They'll answer your questions not only on our message board, but on their site as well, get you what you need. Uh, Cause you know, some people are coming into this new and they're saying, Hey, you know, what do I need? You know, th these are what I, you know, I'm stressed out or, you know, I have trouble unwinding things like that. They'll make suggestions for you. They'll make suggestions for you based on how much you use uh, marijuana products and things like that. So uh, great people, proud to partner with them and a great product. Yeah. And again, good point. Uh, I had never used anything like that before we uh, partnered up with them. And I got to tell you, when uh, you have those gummies, they'll put you down, they'll put you to sleep, they'll they'll relax you. And when you go on the road and share a room with uh, Chris Ballas and John Borton and need to get to sleep, <laughs> sometimes you need that stuff. So, um, no, that's because we're snoring. I want to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. For thank you for clarifying. Uh, yes. No canoodling. Um <laughs> I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys uh, over at the Rogue Shop. Uh, you can use promo code the Wolverine for ten percent off over at RogueShop.com. So uh, let's get right back into it here. Uh, we've got a few questions again, very few of them about you know a lot of a lot of stuff about transfer portal and nil, which is I, I get. This is the week for that. Now Michigan has four. It's it's kind of. The excitement of the college football playoff announcement sort of wears off when you go, holy crap. I mean, we have three or four weeks before it's really time to dive in and talk about a football game. So I get it. Um, this one is from Shab Fam, who says, what does fix NIL actually mean for Michigan? What are exactly are they not doing that other schools are? Well, one pay for play. Uh, and they won't, you know, they aren't getting, getting to bidding wars for kids. And uh, Jim, you know, everybody says, well, how's Jim going to feel about that? And he's really one of the guys that has said this is going to be transformational, not transactional. So I think he's for that. At the same time, uh, there are others whose collectives are better organized because they have the full support of the school and where that money is going to go. And they understand that to sustain a successful football program, you have to be on top of that. And Michigan has not. They are reactive again instead of proactive. And I think there was a faction in that athletic department without calling people out by name that said, oh, this isn't going to do anything. This isn't going to take off. And this is not, you know, uh, that was just absolutely foolish. You've got to be prepared and say, hey, we need to get our guys some opportunities here. So when recruits see what our guys are making, say it's, you know, the starting offensive linemen are each making $150,000 in NIL deals backed up by booster money, that this is the bare minimum of what they're going to get when they come to Michigan. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it goes. And if you're thinking, boy, that's still pay for play and so on and so forth. No, it's not, number one. And number two, it's just the reality of where college football is today. I think it sucks. I'm glad that the kids are getting paid. But to have to use it to as incentives to, in recruiting is ridiculous, and it really means that truly college football as we knew it growing up is dead. So it's basically – it is transactional, and it's going to be from here on out. 
Yeah, and it's it's really sickening, honestly, what college football has become in terms of the offseason or or not even the offseason at this point where you have, you know, a transfer portal window. The the fact that they had the transfer portal and the one or the one time transfer rule and NIL pass at the same time has just created an absolute disaster mm-hmm. in college football. So yeah, I think it's a great question because you get a ton of people complaining about NIL. Uh, but not a lot of people that are actually bringing out specific solutions. So um, I, I think it is making sure that the athletic department is on the same page with uh, basically one collective. I mean, you know, you see schools have multiple, but uh, you know, one that they're working really close with Michigan has about six or seven that have popped up and, you know, the champion circle is the most legitimate one that actually works with people inside the department. No offense to anyone, you know, any of the other, if you're listening and you have a collective, cause you might, uh, but I think it's that you read from the Colorado chancellor and what they said after Deion Sanders got hired uh, yesterday or whatever it was, or, or press conference today that they want to make sure their collective is, is up and running really well. Like that's coming from the top there. And I know Colorado was really lagging in that department over the last year, but now that Deion Sanders is there, they want to get things right. Like Michigan's got to do the same type of stuff. And I, you know, not the same stuff that these other schools are doing like the PFP pay for play as we call it. But you have to make sure that, um, you know, you're doing everything you can within the rules. But either way, I, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like what's going on. And, and it makes it kind of tough to stomach some of the stuff you're seeing in college football, just as a, as a fan of the sport. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to a point, And I, I agree with you, like college football, as we know it, I mean, for God's sakes, there are teams in Los Angeles that will playing, be playing Big Ten football games in two years. Like, <laughs> When you start, I've always been a proponent of expansion and those types of things. But when you start jumping over three time zones to add teams to your conference, you're becoming the NFL light. Like, let's just call it what it is. And at the same time, you know, we we find ourselves at a point now where, you know, it's been a couple of years of NIL. Um, you know, I'm not like some of us. I mean, some people will be holdouts on it, but you kind of have to start looking at it through a lens of this is what it is instead of this is how we'd like it to be and how can you fit into what this new era looks like. And for Michigan, I think it's as simple as stay out of your own way. Um, You know, it's, I don't have an issue with them not giving a quarterback that's never played a college football game, whatever it is, $10 million uh, was the rumor that the kid at Tennessee wound up getting. Um, I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind them not dipping their toes into what schools like Texas A&M are doing, because that's clearly doing them a lot of good right now. Um, but it, it's gotta be all boats have to be sailing the same direction, right? Like we talked about how, what did it take for this football team on the field to get going again? It was everyone moving rapidly together, unified at the same pace. Um, there are, we know for a fact, there are donors that are buddies of ours that are, are frustrated that they're, they don't have more support from other donors. They don't have support from the university. They don't have support uh, at times from um, from other instigating factors. It's, you know, we're two years into this. And and if you're, I'm, I won't pull any punches on it. For a school that has leaders and best in the fight song and likes to, you know, puff their chest out about doing things, doing things that way, they're, they're way too reactive on stuff like this and a little too much of a slow burn. So what does fixed NAL mean? I mean, I think the start of it is one, getting on the same page and two, um, Choose my words carefully here. 
uh, get off your ass and do something. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, honestly. Yeah. And and let's be clear here. Santa Ono just got here, the Michigan president. He is heavily invested in athletics. So And people saying, oh, he's not going to make a difference. He's not interested in that. This guy is interested in being at the top of everything. And that is why uh, he is going to be meeting with some of these people here coming up shortly. Uh, if he wasn't and he didn't care, then he would probably, you know, pull a schlissel and just say, hey, you know, I'm going to Zingerman's and you know what, and leave me alone or something like that. So, um, but to me, uh, let's give this guy an opportunity here before we say uh, it's not, uh, he's not doing anything. And mm -hmm. there's, there's absolutely no question uh, in my opinion, he, he, for example, I'll, I'll take you, I was talking to somebody um, in, in a position of authority who said, you know, when they were talking about the, 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 the medical departments at Michigan and which ones were thriving, you know, hey, we're top five here, we're top five here, we're top five here. And his first question was, well, how do we get top five and maybe one that's number 15 or number 10? He wants to be in that upper echelon. And at his initial press conference, he said, we are expectations are here for for athletics in, in all sports so uh he is invested and i do think that he will make an impact cool. well yeah we'll see what happens but mm -hmm. again it just uh at some point there has to just be a sense of urgency and i think that yep. santa ono is is going to bring that for them I'm, yep. i mean he's he's down on the sideline at basketball games he was on the field for the big 10 championship game that we're in a jersey interest in that yeah yep. we're in a jersey yeah, uh, the maze jersey too. So I wouldn't yeah. even be surprised if he had a say in bringing that back. So, yep. um, let's pivot off nil for a second. Let's go to uh, Jesse, who says Sean Cliff or Sean. I think he needs to say Max Duggan reminds me of Sean Clifford. Right. Uh, he makes the Sean Clifford comparison when talking about Max Duggan. Of course, TCU's quarterback who uh, has the aforementioned brass ball label that I put on him. Uh, his performance Saturday was. I mean, talk about a guy. I know TCU lost, but that dude was so exhausted at the end of the game. He was almost puking on the sidelines. He was yeah. crying in a press conference. That guy, he's a blast to watch. And it's almost like you you hate to have go up against a guy like that. Uh, but also, you know, he presents a challenge that they, they've seen similarly. But that's a dude that, that talk about willing your team to victory. Nope. That's the type of force they're going up against, against a TCU team that to be frank with you, I don't, I think probably 95% of experts won't pick to win that game. Mm -hmm. And I will agree with your the tough, the toughness aspect that Anthony was just talking about. Uh, Jesse is what really comes to mind when you say that in that comparison, I think that uh, Duggan's a better passer. Um, he looks to be a little bit more mobile than Clifford, you know, and uh, well, he took some shots in that game too, but not as many as Sean Clifford, man, that guy's just uh, unbelievable. And you know what? Great year for him, by the way, a good year. Anyway, I guess Penn state fans would argue that if you don't beat Michigan or Ohio state, at least one of them, uh, then you're didn't have a great year, but every other game, man, what they accomplished, um, that's a good, solid, really good season for them. So, uh, and I like Sean Clifford. I really do. Uh, and I, I wish him well uh, in his next three years at Penn State. Yeah. I could, I could see it with the mobility aspect, um, you know, a little bit. But I do think Duggan's a better runner. Um, he's ran for over 400 yards this season. And you got to be kind of aware of that. You know, C.J. Stroud for Ohio State is really good at scrambling and, and you know, keeping his eyes downfield and making plays. But he doesn't necessarily run for a ton of yards. So he – Duggan can do both, uh, and he has that Sean Clifford type of toughness and mentality, uh, and he's going to pose, you know, a, a tough challenge for Michigan's defense. But, yeah, I, I can see the comparison a little bit. But uh, Sean Clifford, 
you know, not quite at that level at this point. I mean, Max Duggan's going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy, and uh, deservedly so. Should I tell a story of what I did on Saturday, Clayton, with Max Duggan and his Heisman odds? Yeah, this is this is a royal so mistake. Before the game, uh, after Caleb Williams and US, USC did what they did on Friday night, I was like, you know what? I'll throw five bucks on Max Duggan. I think he was at like plus 1,500 or plus 1,200, whatever it was for the Heisman. So I was like, ah, why not? That's worth throwing five bucks on him. Uh, he goes out and like the first half of that game against TCU or against uh, Kansas State, I should say, kind of craps the bed. It didn't look good. They were in trouble. Of course, they're always a second half team. Mm-hmm. So I was I was a coward about it and cashed it out to get my dollar fifty back. And then he goes, absolutely, he goes absolutely bananas. By the way, that would have paid out, I think, uh, I don't know, math is hard. $5 would have been $75 or something. So I cashed it out. Had a dollar fifty back in my account, and then he goes insane. So by the end of the game, I was able to throw a dollar fifty back on there at plus you know seven hundred or whatever it was. But all time misfire by me, and not at all time. It's five bucks. I trust. And I don't, I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, no. But if he won that game, we may be talking about a different story here, yeah. which is crazy because he made all the types of plays to potentially win them that game. But and why didn't they give him the ball at the yeah. end, you know, do a quarterback sneak, give him another touchdown. And then Anthony's sitting pretty. Exactly. You know? So exactly. yeah. Jail says broom dealing in high finance. So, yeah. <laughs> Five they, say, they say, uh, they say you should never bet more than you have to lose. So like I said, uh, I'm on a digital media salary. So yeah, he took his, deal. he took his cans back to, uh, to get that money. So. <laughs> yeah. I was, by the end of the weekend, I was, I was standing under an, an overpass in Indianapolis trying to get <laughs> my, my earnings back. So there you go. Uh, let's go to, 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 to Bobby Brown, and unsure if he has any relation to uh, the late Whitney Houston, but what happened to AJ Henning this year? He had well over 10 jet sweeps last year. I don't even remember a single one this year. It's been really weird how there's mm-hmm. been a lot. La- I know he's been injured. He's been their starting punt returner, but uh, really been, it's been odd that, to see a lack of, of, of him, especially when he was a big part of the Ohio state game last year. We thought, Oh, well, here comes the, here comes the Michigan unleashed offense against Ohio state. You're going to see misdirection and jet sweeps. We didn't never really saw that. So what do you make of what him, his impact has been this year? Yeah, it's, it's, you know what, he is what he is as a receiver. And um, it's, uh, and, and maybe they thought, it, okay, the cat's out of the bag, right? And if we do this, people are going to be expecting it or something like that. They ran a few with other guys, Ronnie Bell against Iowa, I believe, if I'm not mistaken for the first touchdown. So, um, or reverses, whatever. So, it is interesting. And, you know, we always say, oh, maybe they're saving it for something. I, I don't think that's the case. So uh, I think they just decided to go in a different direction with the offense and uh, whatever it is, it, it worked. So um, what is A.J. Henning's role going forward is the big question to me, you know, because we've heard always oh, going to be used and, you know, out of the backfield and so on and so forth. Uh, that simply hasn't happened. So I think there are other guy, young guys, too, that are going to be in position to step up. So we'll be very interesting. He's done a solid job uh, returning punts this year. Not great, not terrible, but uh, hasn't made the big mistake. And uh, in some ways that's, uh, that's enough. Yeah, uh, it is interesting. 72 less offensive snaps for AJ Henning this year than a year ago. And it does seem like they've, they've gone to less of those uh, jet sweeps. And I like how Bobby spelled that. He must be a Michigan basketball fan because he spells jet with a capital J and ETT afterwards for Jet Howard. Shout out to him there, who's playing through a major injury himself. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little interesting. Maybe the Debo Samuel type of role that they were talking about was the role that Debo Samuel had when he uh, was holding out um, and was not on the 49ers during some of the offseason stuff. It, it is weird. Uh, at the same time, Roman Wilson has really stepped up at the slot. Donovan Edwards at times, you know, kind of played their emotion out there. I know, you know, at least when Blake Corum uh, and himself were, you know, healthy at the same time. So uh, he just hasn't proven himself enough as a pass catcher, in my opinion, to warrant more playing time. And uh, that's why you're seeing him, you know, do pretty well as a punt returner, one of the top averages in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, that's kind of his role at this point. Uh, we do have some breaking news here. Uh, they just announced Heisman's trophy finalists. Uh, no surprise. I mean, no surprise, Caleb, uh, Blake Corum is not on the list. They named Caleb Williams, uh, Stetson Bennett from Georgia, uh, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, and Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. So once again, it is a all-quarterback group of finalists. Uh, any thoughts on, to me, uh, Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, I'm probably going Caleb Williams there still. Uh, in fact, <laughs> USC's defense was so terrible on Friday night that I think that's even more of a case for Cam. Yeah, I think it's probably right. I think he probably, uh, you know, he was banged up in that game. You could see him limping around, but I think he's the guy at the end. Uh, it's unfortunate, man. This is not just a quarterback's award, right? You got to you take take different things into account. And Blake Corum, as Donovan Edwards said, probably would have been on that list. Might have even been a favorite for it with a huge game against Ohio State. He was, what, he was halfway to 200, right, on when he got hurt against Illinois. So, and uh, that's a pretty good run defense. So, disappointing, but uh, congratulations to those guys. It's funny because Stetson Bennett, uh, for all the crap he took from Georgia fans, that is one hell of a quarterback. So, this guy uh, is the real deal as well. But uh, I would agree with you, Anthony, that Caleb Williams is probably the guy, uh, and it will certainly not be C.J. Stroud after his two-interception game against Michigan. Based okay. on the way those guys have, oh, sorry. No, just based on the way those guys have performed down the stretch, and Duggan's really been consistent. And again, if if they won that game, who knows where he'd be standing in terms of the odds? Caleb Williams, the easy favorite right now. But uh, are those really the four best players in the country? I think Blake Corum, if he stayed healthy, would have been in there, and I think Hendon Hooker from Tennessee would have been in there as well. I understand that injuries, you know, play a part in the Heisman race for sure. We've always seen that, but. It does seem like, you know, oh, you're hurt at the end of the season and that completely knocks you out. But what if you missed a game or two early? I feel like you still would have had a chance. So it's kind of it's kind of weird there. Um, and it's disappointing. We did see Aiden as the runner up last year. That was pretty cool. But uh, I think it should be more than a quarterback award. And if Blake would have been healthy, he would have potentially won this award, which would have been absolutely incredible. Would have been the first running back since Derrick Henry in 2015. Yeah, this is the Heisman Trophy is is no better. Like it's basically a high school popularity voting contest now voting for class president. You're getting people that are voting for guys that only watch guys from their region. So interesting enough, you've got a guy from the West. You've got a guy from, you know, Texas, a guy from uh, from the state of Texas, I should say, from Georgia. You've got the guy from the Midwest. So I don't know. It feels kind of mailed into me. Can I make a really disingenuous argument real quick about the Heisman mm -hmm. Trophy? Stetson Bennett, 20, 20 passing touchdowns, six interceptions this year. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, 20 passing touchdowns, three interceptions this year. Wow. J.J. for Heisman. There it is. Gus Johnson mean, said it last week. Yeah. It. We can uh, we can ignore the fact that Stetson Bennett has thrown for 1,100 more yards, but still, uh, the numbers yeah. are what they are. They are. Um, how do I land the plane here? Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. 
This one's from Richard also Brooks. He asked the question to me, but I'm going to relay it to Chris Ballas. Mm -hmm. uh, anything new with Blake Corum and anything inbound on the transfer portal? Yeah, I believe that Blake Corum um, is going to be out for a while longer than they expected based on everything we've heard from about people very close to it. So they, I think uh, when they got in there, I think uh, let's just put it this way. I don't think there's any way he should have been playing against Ohio state. So I do think he'll be back to a hundred percent by the fall. Uh, I think the rehab is going to take a little bit longer than expected. And um, you know, initially he was talking, he was telling our guys on the sidelines at practice before the big 10 championship game, he's going to be out three to four weeks. So got us excited, but he's an optimist, right? And they really weren't going to know until they got in there and found some stuff out. So uh, disappointing. But does that mean he stays for another year, guys? Because he's not going to be back in time to do any of this stuff for the the uh, combine or anything like that. They're going to err on the side of caution there. He was already going to be, what, a third, fourth round pick or something like that. You know, will a team now, you know, not take him till the sixth round or something because of the injury? And if he comes back, you know, wins the Heisman Trophy behind what should be an outstanding offensive line again, uh, he could do some things. I don't think his people would advise that, but Blake Corum is his own guy. And I know for a fact that he was talking about that right after he had his injury against Illinois, you know, Hey, you know, maybe this keeps me around. And I know that there are people invested and interested in keeping him here for another year. Yeah. The, the other thing too, is that like in a scenario, in a scenario where Blake Corum does return, which just to be clear, like we don't we're know not saying that, we're not no. saying that, but until he declares for the NFL or says something, otherwise anything's on the table. Um, if, he's, if he were able to come back and let's see this, this knee surgery is just kind of procedural and he'll be back to hundred percent. It comes with the knowledge that like, if he's back next year, you don't have to rush him 30 times a game. Uh, Cause Donovan Edwards would be that much better. Uh, we think, we still think they'll probably go into the, I would think they're going to look to the transfer portal. If we want to talk about that really fast for maybe an extra running back, uh, who knows, maybe an extra pass catcher. I think they could use a body, potentially a starting cornerback. So uh, in terms of anything inbound, it's tough to say. I mean, right now, this is the part of the the transfer portal process where it's like musical chairs, where everyone's rushing to play the game. Uh, as we move into the next couple of weeks, uh, Clay, do you remember when did Olu commit to Michigan? It yeah, was right about before a, the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, we were down in in Florida when he did, so probably four or five days before, I, I want to say. Um, keep an eye guys rolled early too so. yeah keep an eye guys on uh, maybe one of Olu's former teammates um in the uh on defense so uh and then i think braylon allen did he announce that he's in the portal yet no Wisconsin. there was a there was a Not fake someone got fake adam <laughs> shepherd on twitter there you right. go so yeah. sounds like someone uh, got duped yep mm -hmm. must be so uh but if he does you know he'd be a name to watch you know there was all that thing about tampering and stuff like that so um who knows? But I do think they will look for another running back as well. So we'll see what happens. I think this is a good place to probably put this, yep. put a put a pin in this one. Uh, Chris, you're going to be live in 10 minutes. Obviously, people that aren't watching live will be confused. Uh, but 10 minutes from now, you will be on with Skeen on our YouTube channel. And do you want it to stay a surprise? Or you want to reveal who your guest is now? So we get the people just to come right on over. We have one Mr. Rod Moore, Michigan sophomore safety joining us, uh, which is, uh, you know what? I've been singing his praises for two years now. Some of the best safety play that I've seen at Michigan since the 1980s, 1990s, when he uh, stepped up in that Ohio state game two years in a row now. So, and all year long. So can't wait to have him on there and ask him about some of his experiences down in the shoe. Uh, just a great kid number one number two 
Uh, this guy is a flat out warrior. Uh, and I, I just, you know what, one of those guys who's just an absolute football player, like Jim Harbaugh says, so can't wait to have him on there. Awesome. Well, anyone who's looking to watch that, uh, again, it'll be on our YouTube channel. Uh, the link is already up. If you, I mean, stay here till the end, but, uh, if you want to pull up another browser tab, it'll be in our podcast feed after the fact, if you're not able to watch live. So that'll be a lot of fun. Just a special uh, Monday night twofer for you guys. We'll be back on a regular schedule next week. Clayton, you have any final thoughts before we wrap things up here? No. Um, going to be uh, an exciting end of December for the Michigan football team head into Arizona, the potential national championship. So stick with us over here at the Wolverine, subscribe to the channel, like the video, all that good stuff. All right. Well, thank you again uh, for watching here on a Monday night. Uh, thanks to Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey. This is uh, I'm Anthony Broom, of course. Uh, thank you guys so much. Be sure to like and subscribe. Like Clay said, uh, these videos are going to keep coming out. We're going to stay. We're going to stay locked and loaded on a podcast schedule through. Uh, you know, there'll be a little, a few days probably off here and there for the holidays, and we have a couple weeks of downtime to get things uh, sorted out in our personal lives now to start make chipping away at some of that, but. Uh, the train keeps rolling. Uh, we got a football game to play three weeks from now and maybe another one four weeks from now. So we'll see what happens there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for the generous uh, super chats. Go bring them right on over next door to Chris Ballas and Doug Skeen. And we will talk to you guys again soon.